Back in 1999, two men from Saudi Arabia, we'll call them Mach and Hosh for simplicity, forced a plane bound for Washington to ground itself in Ohio, where the men were arrested. Both men had trained at Al-Qaeda camps in Afghanistan. Both were in contact with Al-Qaeda operatives, as well as the Saudi government, and both had their plane tickets paid for by the Saudi government. They tried multiple times to enter the cockpit, and their excuse to the FBI was, we thought it was the bathroom. Even though they had asked their stewardess where the bathroom was, and she directed them to the back of the plane, they go to the front of the, they knew it was the cockpit. But that was a good enough excuse because the FBI let him go. Later, another Al-Qaeda suspect under investigation was discovered driving Mach's car. Why did he have his car? Perhaps because this Arizona Al-Qaeda recruiter is who drove them to the airport the day they got on the flight where they ended up getting arrested for trying to enter the cockpit. Robert Mueller of the FBI, even after learning all about that and the Al-Qaeda training camps and contact with operational level operatives, was not interested in investigating or even interviewing these men. All they did was a dry one of 9-11. Who'd want to talk to them about that? Saudi Arabia was laundering money through California Mosque, provided housing and transportation and lived with or next to and provided money to at least three Al-Qaeda hijackers. Israel knew, for they too lived next to and helped hijackers move around, literally. It would not be the first time that Israel, Saudi Arabia, and the United States covertly supported Al-Qaeda, nor would it be the last. It's happening right now. If you want to watch a 9-11 Truth for Grown Ups film that explains not just 9-11 but the wars that followed, then I implore you to purchase The Empire Unmasked from ANC Report. I've also made films War by Deception, Neocolonialism in Africa, The Special Relationship, Decades of Deception, and God is Not a Real Estate Agent, all of which are an ANC report after being removed from Vimeo On Demand. If we are to move forward on 9-11, Stop acting like we need unity and to all be on the same page when that page includes the kookiest of kooks. We need the opposite. Cut away the charlatans. Cut away the people talking about energy weapons and aliens and no planes and so on. Cut all of that junk away and focus on the facts. 9-11 Truth has been running around in circles the investigative path has centered on the what and not the who. The inquiry was derailed away from the logistics and financing, post-attack anthrax and invasions, which cover means and motive, over to hair-splitting rants about physics, mainly Building 7. This, hey, just asking questions group, quickly devolved into discrediting nonsense ranging from pods and missiles to futuristic energy weapons and miniature nukes in the buildings, living hijackers and even holograms. Unwilling to be associated with the paranoids and kooks, many more rational people keep their view about 9-11 private. 
There is also something off-putting about the way 9-11 noobs preach their spoon-fed talking points with the same zeal as a religious cult, CrossFit vegan Bitcoin buyers' pushiness and dogmatism. There's no reason to run in circles. There's a lot of evidence showing a cover-up. There's a lot of evidence showing the CIA's counterintelligence, the same people who covertly supported ISIS and Al-Qaeda in Syria and Libya, who with other foreign states backed Osama bin Laden and Al-Qaeda in Afghanistan and lied about Iraq, were protecting Al-Qaeda on 9-11. A year ago, the U.S. Senate finally released a formally redacted 28-page section of the Senate's investigation into 9-11, called the JIS Report. The content covers state-sponsored financial support for 9-11 hijackers. This information was already known and explained in my film, The Empire Unmasked. Saudi Arabian state officials financed 9-11 hijackers through intermediaries. This is Prince Bandar bin Sultan, more widely known by his nickname, Bandar Bush, given to him because of his close ties with the Bush family. He was the Saudi ambassador to the U.S. at the time of 9-11. His wife gave money to the wife of Osama Basnan, a man who idolized Osama bin Laden. Basnan's wife gave money to the wife of Omar Bayoumi, who gave financial support to and briefly lived with two 9-11 hijackers, Nawaf al-Hazmi and Khalid al-Midhar, who were both on Flight 77, who had both fought in Bosnia and who had both fought in Chechnya before, and both of whom went to an Al-Qaeda summit meeting in Malaysia, and both of whom had lived with briefly Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, the Al-Qaeda mastermind of 9-11. Prince Bandar eventually became the Director of General Intelligence for Saudi Arabia, like Saudi Arabia's CIA. This was a position held for a long time by his wife's brother, Prince Turkey bin Fasil Assad. Prince Turkey, with his uncle, set up institutions to help the CIA launder money to proxy forces, including Al-Qaeda and Osama bin Laden. Pakistan's ISI also joined the US, CIA, and the Saudis in these efforts. There's a lot of background and detail on that. I implore you to watch The Empire Unmasked for a full understanding. A Bin Laden enthusiast, Bandar's wife paid the wife of Osama Basnan, who paid the wife of Omar Bayoumi, who paid the hijackers. Basnan was introduced to the 9-11 hijackers by Omar Bayoumi. Basnan moved in and lived across the street from the hijackers. His wife used the CIA's longtime favorite, Riggs Bank, to pay the wife of Omar Bayoumi. Omar met with the hijackers in LA and got them an apartment. He signed their lease and lived with them for the first month. Omar was also a ghost employee for Erkan, a Saudi front which paid him leading up to 9-11. His contacts also assisted the hijackers. The CIA already knew Al-Hazmi and Al-Midhar were bad news, yet they traveled to the US using their real names and the CIA didn't inform the FBI the Senate investigation on this matter relied heavily, if not exclusively, on FBI field office reports from different regions 
with their focus primarily being on the two West Coast hijackers. But what about the other 17 hijackers? And what about the other full field investigation reports on 9-11, particularly from New York, New Jersey, and Florida, where 15 of them lived? The reason I knew and preemptively released the information the Senate had redacted and kept from the public for 15 years is because I used FOIAs to read the same primary sources that they did. There's much more on the Saudi role in 9-11 not contained in the 28 pages. And more importantly, they were not the only state actor. There are 1,800 pages worth of full field investigation reports of Israeli involvement in 9-11. And it goes well beyond the infamous dancing Israelis and art students firing. Israel had at least five different moving companies they used as fronts, one of which was used by a 9-11 hijacker. Like the Saudis, they too lived next door to and followed around 9-11 hijackers. The Mossad filmed and celebrated the 9-11 attacks. In fact, two Israeli intelligence operatives were the first cousins of the pilot who hijacked Flight 93. But it goes much deeper than that. And the methods of financing through intermediaries is the same. I created a five hour long film detailing the Saudi and Israeli roles in 9-11 as well as the Israeli partisan role in lying about Iraq to create a war there. And I explained the methods of using privateer proxy forces and jointly conducted covert intelligence operations before and after 9-11. From the Mujahideen to ISIS, the U.S. and their Safari Club partners have been aiding Al-Qaeda groups. When you understand the history, 9-11 is not that shocking.